Hello, hello, hashtag there is a word podcast, podcast listeners. How are you all doing? Guess what? I know it's been a minute, but, you know, your Reverend Taryn is still wrapping up this dissertation, so I apologize if y'all have missed me, but you know me. This is your Reverend Edwina Perrin, founder and CEO of Dividing God Ministries. This is a global ministry here to empower, equip, and teach believers how to fill their spiritual arsenal with the unconcealed weapon to combat the enemy. Yes, the unconcealed weapon. And we know what the unconcealed weapon, that is the word. There's nothing like using the word to combat the enemy. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I just thank you all for continuing to support my ministry. Thank you for all that have subscribed to YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, I just thank you. Thank you to all the people that sow into my ministry. Listen, if you want to sow in this podcast, you can. There is a link that you can click at the bottom to sow into this podcast. This is fertile ground. I promise you, if you go to my website, www.divineandgodministries.com, you can see the many, many, many testimonies of This is Fertile Ground. So if you would like to sow in this podcast, you can also sow in my cash app, which is dollar sign divine in God. Again, cash app divine in God. So dollar sign divine in God. That is my cash app, or you are more than welcome to go to the website and donate there as well. I am so excited. I am so excited. Um, God has me in a season. God has me in a season of birthing, uh, being a midwife, um, uh, promoting other people, promoting other people's ministry, promoting other people's um, destiny, purpose, whatever you want to call it. God has me in that season. It is not about me during this time. He is using me to bless others. He's using me to launch others. So I'm going to do the will of God because guess what? You do not want to disobey God. That will not be good. I've been there, done that before, have the T-shirt, the mug, and the banner of what happens when you don't obey God. So I'm excited. I'm excited on this podcast. I'm excited on this new um, episode that we have that we are going to be talking to a best-selling author. We're going to be talking to someone that I grew up with in a small town in South Carolina called McCormick, South Carolina, where there are probably less than 7,000 people. We grew up there. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for her. I'm so excited for her to share her testimony. Let me just give you a little background on her. She just recently published her first book. Ding, ding, ding. I like to say first book. I didn't say her only book. Catch that. I need y'all to know. This is not going to be her only book. It's not going to be only two books. This is her first book. So you got to put things in the atmosphere. You got to put things in there to let God know, hey, look, God, this is my first book. So she is the author of Searching for Daddy in the Dark. We are getting ready to talk to none other than the Miss Liquid Needle L. Callahan, author of 
searching for daddy in the dark. How are you doing this morning, best-selling author? How are you doing, Liquidita, this morning? Yes, I am doing awesome. I am doing amazing. I just thank you so much for this opportunity. I love you, girl. You are the best hype woman ever. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me on today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. So, Liquidita, I'm going to allow you to share your story. I want you to tell us what does searching for daddy in the dark mean? And tell us what inspired you to become an author. Just give us some things about it. I'm just going to let you have your way. Thank you. Thank you for the floor. I really appreciate that, Minister. Searching for daddy in the dark. Oh, that was my birthday. That's my baby. That baby lived inside of me for years. I was way past my due date. God put that book inside of me many, many years ago, and I would go to it, and I would pick it up, and I would put it down, and I would write, and I would stop writing, and life happened. And even in the process of life happening is something I just put on the back burner. I like, I'll get to it. I'll get it done. And the, the more I pushed it away, the more it came to surface. It is most definitely a divine purpose from God. It is something that he told me to do because me personally, I'm a very private person. Um, when there's something going on in my life, I keep that to myself. There's only a few people that I allow in my circle. There's only you know a few people that I keep close to me that have intimate details of my life, but even those people weren't aware of a lot of things that I shared in the book. And when God placed it in me, he made sure that I was in a position and a readiness to deliver. And, you know, there can be miscarriages when you deliver too soon. And so I carried this baby to term until I felt or he felt that I was ready to deliver. And that came about within the last, I want to say, three years is when I really started to dedicate myself to the writing process and to getting it done. And God instructed me that even as I was writing the book to make sure I tell the most authentic version of myself, all of the truth, because it was going to be impactful. And that's what I wanted to do. So Searching for Daddy in the Dark, the title hung on my wall for years. I printed it out and I hung it on my wall to remind myself that it was something that I had to get done. And being honest, I did not think I would be able to do it. I was like, God, I cannot write a whole book because many may know that I am legally blind. I try to preserve the vision that I have. I was so scared of straining too much. So I hung it on my wall and I left it there with the intentions of getting it done and like I just said earlier, you have to deliver in the right time, and God put me in a season of time to deliver. And so Searching for Daddy in the Dark, the title is this. I went through a season, a long, long season of my life where I was searching for something. I was searching for acceptance. I was searching for love. I was searching for the sense of belonging. I was searching for self-worth. I was searching for acceptance. And I went about it all the wrong way. So the in the dark is when you represent to me 
searching blindly for something. I was blindly looking for something because I didn't have the right tools to look in the right places. Searching for daddy, I was abandoned by my father. I did not have a relationship with him. I knew who he was. I knew where he was, but he did not have an active role in my life. So I was looking for pieces of him and other people, mainly men. I was looking for him. And the title is a representation also of me being legally blind, not being able to see well, living half of my world in the dark. So that's where the title came from. And with that, I just moved forward in what God put in me, and I put it out on the pages. And that's how it came to be. So, Liquidita, let me ask you a question. Um, Share a little bit about how you wrote this book, and when you wrote this book, you were able to release, and we're not, listen, guys, we're not going to give you intimate details. You're going to have to go down to the Amazon and purchase this book, down to the Amazon, or you can go on Liquidita's Facebook page and purchase it from there. But at any rate, Liquidita, share your experience um, with being um, legally blind and how you overcame um, how, uh, the that many people would say, oh, you know, my disability is hindering me. I want you to talk to people about how your disability shouldn't be a hindrance, but it should be a catapult. Can you talk about that? Yes, ma'am. For me, being legally blind, it was a turning point in my life. It changed everything. It redirected everything that I had planned for myself. I had a plan. I was going to go to college. I was going to major in English. I was going to minor in psychology. I was going to get my master's. I was going to get my doctorate. I was going to move to Columbia, get married, have 2.5 kids, and that was going to be my life. That was, that was my plan. God had a different plan for me. And even with me going to college, when I was there at Liberty University in Virginia, I was living my best life. I was great. And I was 19 years old. And a lot of people like, well, do you know when you went blind? I, I don't know the day. I don't know the time. It was one of those situations where it happened so slowly that I didn't notice it was happening until it was gone. And it was irreversible due to glaucoma. And for me initially was, woe is me. What's going to happen now? How can I go back to school? What am I going to be able to do? How am I going to function with just one eye and limited vision and another eye? I can't drive. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it was all this list of can'ts, all these things that I couldn't do. And I had to remind myself there were so many things that I could do. I would have to find different ways to do them but there were still things that I could accomplish. And I had a loving mom, a strong mom, and she was not a, about to let me fold. She was like, okay, so this is what happened. This is what God gave you, and this is what we're going to do. You're not going to stop living your life because you can't see as well as me or as well as someone with 20-20 vision. We're not going to stop. She had already trained me how to take care of her house. She trained me how to take care of myself. She even taught me how to drive. I can get to where I need to get to if I have to drive. can't do it legally, but I can get to where I need to get to. Um, for me, being legally blind, I couldn't let it stop me. 
because I had my two daughters I had to take care of. They didn't care that I was legally blind. They just cared that I was their mother. And I was the person. I was their sole provider. I was the person who took care of them, and that was a priority. I didn't have time to mourn the loss of my vision. One of the biggest mistakes of being legally blind is I didn't take that time to mourn it. So it was only until within the last five years that it really sunk in, like, girl, you can't see as well as everybody else. But I I had to keep trying. I had to keep moving. I had to get into organizations with other people that were like me so I could find different ways of doing things. I wanted to finish college. It took me longer than it would have taken the average person, but I got it done. This book that I wrote that I didn't think I could write because I would have to sit in front of the computer sometimes, and sometimes I would sit there and everything would be so blurry, but I had to keep trying. I could only write a little bit at a time, a little bit a day, but those that little bit added up. I couldn't let being legally blind define who I am. Now, I don't get it wrong, because there were days that I fell completely apart. There were days when I ran into a wall or I tripped over something or I hit myself or it's something I didn't see, and I would get so angry and so frustrated. Those days come, but they got further and further in between as I leaned more on God and less on my vision, where I trusted him more and, and relinquished myself to him. That was a process for me, because I will be honest to say trusting God wasn't always my first go-to because there were times that I was angry with him for me being in the situation, but I had to get redirected, and God is so awesome. He's so awesome because even in the midst of our anger and our frustration and our defiance, he's still ever-present, and he never left me. And I got to a point in my life where he was it for me. And when I really surrendered my life to him, surrendered my feelings for him, let him know what was really going on in my heart, even though he knew anyway, being legally blind just became one of those things that I had to deal with. And I learned how to deal with it through God. And I learned how to get everything done through God. And I wasn't always able to see that. So a disability doesn't make you disabled. It just shows you a different way of getting things done. And that's how I feel about it. That's my testimony on it. Whew, girl, you about to make me run. <laughs> you about to make me run. You are giving some powerful nuggets. And, you know, oftentimes, um, you know, in this world, we are told, um, don't share your story, don't share this, don't do this, when in actuality we need to share what God is doing in our life. God yes, allows you to be an author legally blind, and so many times, you know, we restrict ourselves because we think, oh, my God, I can't do this anymore. But I like what you just said. You said having a disability does not make you disabled. Whoo, Jesus, that's powerful. And Amen. with doing that, um, go ahead. I said, yes, ma'am. Yeah, and I can remember so something yeah, I can remember you sharing something with me um, when I released my book, and I will never forget what you said, and this is what blows my mind. You said, um, can you share with me how to do this book? Can you share what you did? Can you share with me how you did this? And I said, sure. 
I said, I can give you two people that I know of, and it might have been three people that I probably get, that I do know published. And you said, oh, my God, I would never, this shook me when I read this in your message. You said, I've asked so many people that publish books, but none um, would share, or they would tell me, oh, don't worry about it. Um, I'll get it to you, but they never got it to you. Um, how did that make you feel when people brushed you off as though, like, uh, you know, didn't want to help you? How did that make you feel? Did you become, oh, I'm not going to do this, or did you persevere? It took me a minute to get to the persevere stage because at first I did feel defeated. I was like, okay, God, I want to do this book. I, I want to, I want to get it done. I was writing. I was, I was maybe like halfway through when I started inquiring about publishing, and I was like, I saw different people that I knew that I thought I was connected to, whether it be past connections or presently connected. That I'm like, hey, well, they did it. Maybe they can help me get mine done too, or tell me where to go. And I reached out to certain people, and it was like, yeah, um. Like you said, yeah, I'll do it. Um, yeah, I'll get back to you. Of course I'll help you. And then I waited and waited, and I and I would text or call, and I got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to beg anybody to help me. I'm like, God, you're going to have to put me in a position where someone is going to help me. And God says in his word, you have not because you ask not. So I kept asking. And when I ran across you and I asked you, honestly, I didn't think you was going to tell me either because no one in the presently had told me, but what I took into consideration was this. God has an appointed person for an appointed time, and he knew exactly the person that I was going to have to ask to get what I needed. And it's like people don't understand that in a journey, you don't, even though you may travel alone, you're not always by yourself. You're going to run into people along the way, and either those people are going to be healing or a blessing, or a hindrance. And sometimes you can't get to where you got to get without help because someone had to help you get to where you are, so why not help someone else? It's enough blessings out there for all of us. And sometimes people don't want to put themselves in a position to help someone else get something because they feel that another person will take from them. But God blesses you when you bless others. That's his word. You do unto others, he'll do unto you. It's enough blessings to go around. So perseverance came later. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this done. I don't know. I'm just going to keep asking. And you were so kind enough to say, hey, I'll get it to you. And you did that. You you were a woman of your word. You said you were going to do it, and you did it, and you set me on the path to getting this done. So I'm forever grateful to you for that because you didn't have to. You could have been just another person who said they would, and didn't. And God will honor you for what you did, one, for being a woman of your word, but two, for helping another person along the way. And I, I want you to know I paid it forward to someone else. Someone came to me, well, how did you do such and such? I told them because you told me, and how would I have known if you hadn't have told me? And so I had to learn to persevere because I couldn't give up on what God gave me. So that's what I had to do. He's like, you're going to have to do this, and you're going to have to get it done, and he sent you to help me get that done. Glory to God. And, you know, Liquidita, um, let me just say this, um, as, as people are listening to this podcast, I didn't ask her that question for the glory. 
I asked it to get, so she could give God the glory so that we yes. can help one another. It's not about Edwina. Trust me. It's not about Reverend Perry. It is not about me. I wanted her to share that from her heart so that we can soften our heart to help other people. She said the right thing. She said so we can pay it forward. And that's the thing that we have to do when it comes to ministry. That's the thing that we have to do when it comes to evangelism. It's not about us. And I'm so grateful to hear that you paid it forward because it's not about the book sales. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to go in tongues on this podcast. It is not about the book sales. It's not about the recognition. It's about God getting the glory. It's about God using us vessels to bless other people. I give to it hurts. And I'm listening to you. You give to it hurts even when people have done things to you, even when people, let me tell you something, and it's not about us, Liquidita. It's about our children. We're setting up mm. legacies for our children. We're setting up legacies for our children to know, hey, you need to give back. You need to pay it for it. You need to do it. Let me tell you something. Your children will do what they see you do. Come on, church. Mm. Your children will do what they see you do, whether it's negative, positive, Whatever it is, they will do what they see you do. So I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that God used me. I'm so thankful He used me. I, I'm just, I, I am just a vessel. And I know for the last probably two years, God has had me in a birthing season um, with that. And I want to see. You know what? I want to see you uh, write more books, and I want to see you do more, and I want to see you. Watch this. Touch somebody else's life. People need a word. Oh, my God. People need a mm. word. They need a word. Yes. And, you know, we don't always get our word from the church doors. And I, I, I'm trying not to tell inner parts of your book. I really don't. And um, I'm trying not to because I want people to go down to the Amazon or follow Lickanita <laughs> Callahan on Facebook, and I want them to purchase um, your book because you can pay her through Zelle. She has cap cash app, whatever to pay to purchase this book because so many people are searching for dad in the dark. So many people are dealing with daddy issues, not just females, but males also deal with daddy issues. Can't move forward in life dealing with um, daddy issues. And I'm, this podcast is not about me, but I can relate. So I'm telling you, hashtag there's a word podcast listeners and new subscribers, I want you to purchase Liquidita's book. Reach out to her because this book will help you. This book is is a blessing to you. As a matter of fact, Liquidita, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the Amazon, and I know some people that I can give a book. I'm going to have to buy a book a week and give it to them. Um, but I'm going to purchase your book, and I know somebody that I want to give it to, um, okay. that just the Holy Spirit is just put in, in my mind. See, that's what it's about. It's not about, it's not about us. It's about God. It's about helping God's people. It's about launching other people so that they can be a testimony to someone because there is somebody with a disability that's thinking they're disabled. You have given some mm-hmm. great nuggets on this podcast. You have given such, um, been a such inspiration 
Don't Thank stop. You. Thank Just you. Don't stop. You persevered. And I like your honesty. Um, you said, yes, I did. My faith did waver. Listen, saints, I don't care how much Jesus you got in you. And listen, I know that was not grammatically correct. Jesus, I don't care how much <laughs> Jesus you got in you. I, I'm telling you, your faith will waver because you are in the flesh. You are in the flesh. Yes. So, Liquidita, do you Amen. have anything else you would like to share? Because I've told all your business about going down to the Amazon <laughs> and going on your page to purchase your book. Is there anything else you would like to share before we wrap up this podcast? Um, I just want to say that um, Searching for Dad in the Dark, yes, it is available on Amazon.com. Um, I also have copies here that I uh selling here. You can get them through Zelle. You can get them through Cash App. I do mail them out. I am so very grateful to God for the opportunity to share my testimony because it was a painful share. There were times where I was writing this book where I had to stop and I cried and I was broken because what I learned in the process is I was not as healed as I thought I was. I was not as healed as I let the world be, um, see me to be. I was wearing a mask, and I was able to take this mask off, and it was a painful thing. And everybody has a testimony. She said earlier how we sometimes have been encouraged to not share our stories, to not tell our testimony. So, oh, you shouldn't mention that, or oh, you shouldn't tell that. God let me know if you're going to write this book, you're going to tell it all. You're going to you're going to expose yourself. You're going to open up your wounds, and you're going to let the blood spill out on the pages because lives can be changed. People can be transformed by our words. Our words hold. Power. There is power in the words. Just like there is power in the word of God, there is power in our words that he allows us to speak out. And lives can be changed if we would just talk. Like she said also earlier, we are all in the flesh. We are all in the flesh, and we all go through things. We all go through the wilderness. Faith sometimes fails. Sometimes faith gives out. Sometimes we let go of faith, but God restores. He renews. He replenishes. He revitalates us because he's, he's God all day long, every day. And if we just turn it over to him, he, he'll take care of it. And I am a living witness. I am a living witness of the power of God. I spoke on Facebook earlier, yesterday I think I said, where I, I've never had a job, never had a regular nine to five, but God has always provided. He has always provided. I've never been without one thing. I've never been in need. I've never been in want because God is a provider. And even with what he's doing with this book, I know he's going to take it places and it's going to do things because that's his word and that's what he told me. So I just encourage you all to share your testimonies. Share your words because your words are powerful. And I thank everybody who has bought the book. I thank everybody who is considering buying the book. I thank everybody for the calls and the text messages of encouragement. I even thank those that didn't because it's only fuel to keep pushing me to do what thus says the Lord. And thank you, Minister Edwina, for having me. I really do appreciate you opening up this time for me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You are so welcome. God, this has been so powerful. 
you have given me the fuel I needed to finish my dissertation. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> if this has been, oh, this has been anointed. This has been powerful. This has been a blessing just to me. I am trying not to run in my office. I'm trying to oppose mm. myself that when I get off this podcast, I am going to get in the presence of God because this has been so powerful, so powerful. Liquid Nita, I just want to know. Um, I heard from watching an interview about two weeks ago down on the Instagram that you are working <laughs> on another book. Is that true? Yes, ma'am. I am working on the Grandma Chronicles. My publisher encouraged me to take the Facebook post that I have um, posted throughout the years about my grandma and all of the things that she says and put them in a book as homage to her and as healing of laughter to someone else because she is hilarious. So I am just about finished with that. I'm hoping that it will be released sometime in October at the earliest November at the latest. So, yes, that is true. I am getting it done. All right. All right, y'all. Listen, you have got to purchase her books, Amazon. We thank Hadassah Crown Publishing. That's her publisher. Yay. Dr. Sonia Cunningham-Leverick. So we want to give shouts out to her. And podcast listeners, you may have heard her on a previous podcast that I had her on as well. If you haven't, go back and listen to her podcast uh, episode as well. Well, Liquidita, I have greatly enjoyed this. I have thoroughly enjoyed this interview. I hope that you all have well. As you know, this is your Reverend Edwina Perry, founder and CEO of Divine and God Ministries. And you know what we use, the hashtag, there is a word, and there has been a word today. So we just thank you. Thank you for this next ep- Thank you for listening to this episode. So until next time, hashtag, there is a word. Until we meet again.